Hallelujah. All right, so we're continuing on with our this discipleship training. Um, we're going to enter into the world of scripture in the form of a poem. It says, welcome to my world, a place where the natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is told from the beginning, and when it appears as though one is losing, they're actually winning. Where trumpets are depicted as voices, the persecuted righteous don't complain, but actually rejoices. Here swords are likened to the word, the demons of bird, the dead are yet alive, the living are actually dead, blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor. Before one becomes, they later found to be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place in the gospel world of scripture. So please turn off your phones, perk up your ears, and get ready to listen. Your rock cockroach is about to begin to teach Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, so we're continuing on with the story of Yosef um, and how he is a type of Yahshua. You know, um, Genesis 39, 11, and 12 says, And it came to pass about this time that Yosef went into the house to do his business. There was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. You know, um, now, last week we determined that when she's saying, lie with me. She's actually telling him, hey, stop doing what you're doing. Right. Cease and desist from going out here preaching this this this, this gospel, this, this this message. You know. And so, you know, this is uh a type of shadow of the body of Yahshua, you know, that's being persecuted or tormented because of the message that they're commanded by Yah to go out and do, you know, and so um, this word caught is tafas in the Hebrew. It's number eighty-six ten. It means to seize, you know. And the word garment is baget, number eight ninety-nine. It speaks to a covering. It also um, comes from the root bagad, eight ninety-eight, which is essentially the same word, and it speaks to acting covertly to or dealing deceitfully. Now. We previously determined that the disciples of Yahushua made up the body, uh, uh, made up the body of Yahushua. Therefore, the heads of the disciples, spiritually speaking, would have been their brigade or their covering. You know, and the heads of the disciples was, of course, none other than the apostles. You know, and uh, as you read through the Brikadasha, it becomes evidently clear that the apostles were the head of the body of Yahshua. They were their covering. They were the, um, the head of those that was on the earth. And of course, Yahshua is the ultimate head. You know. So, um, let us consider Acts chapter 6, verse 7. It says, And the word of Elohim increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. 
So what I want you to see is that uh, what well, anyone remember what the name Yosef means? Increase. Increase. Absolutely. And so when we're looking at the uh, at Yosef in the brick collar shower of the New Testament, all we have to do is look for the increase. You know, the body of Messiah being increased is the type of Yosef. You know, and here it is. We're told in Acts 6 7, the word of Elohim increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. So, hello, Yosef, right? Um, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Now, question, how do you think this would have made the remaining priests feel? Mm. Yeah. Yes, jealous, envious, yeah. even, or um, love. A little angry, right? You know, yeah. a little angry because um, they're converting. Yeah. You know, and so they're leaving their control as well. You know, so that becomes a power struggle. You know, because the apostles were the head of the body of Yahshua, but the priests were the head of Israel, the heads of Israel. You follow? You know, so here it is, you have some of the heads of Israel, many of them, a great company it says, you know, being obedient to the faith, that is the body of Yahshua. You know, stepping down from being the head to submit to the to a new head. If you would. So those who were at the top, such as the high priest, you can imagine that would have probably perturbed them, to say the least. You know, that, that would definitely, you know, get them excited. You know, uh, let's consider Genesis 39, 13. It says, and it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth. Uh, oh, yeah. Now, remember, the garment... You know, speaks to can, can speak to someone dealing deceitfully, mm. which it was a lot of that going on mm. uh, during the time of the apostles. Uh, but I want to I want to show you this uh, how spiritually speaking, you know, the baguette, the covering was left with. Uh, with the priest or because the priest represents the wife of Potiphar. So in Acts 1 it says and Saul was consenting unto his death um, speaking of the death of Stephen and at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. So can you see that the that Yosef at the increase was fleeing, but leaving his covering, mm -hmm. the apostles behind. Yeah. They stayed in Jerusalem with the priests, or in relation to the story of Joseph with Potiphar's wife. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. You know, 
Let me have my first reader read Genesis 39, 14 through 18, please. That she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass, when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant, which thou hast brought unto us, came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass, as I lift up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled out. All right. Well, it's not hard to see how, you know, this plays out in, in the brick out of shower with the um, body of Yahshua. You know, because they had to tell the truth. And the truth was they were the ones that crucified Yahshua. They were they were the reason why he was crucified. And so by them telling that truth, telling the people that Yahshua was actually the Messiah, you know, you can see how they would have felt like they were being mocked and how they really, really, really would have had disdain for that message. You know, even after they bring them in and they bring them in into their council and command them straightly. This is now you have to remember, like this is like them going to court like today. Okay. I mean, literally like them going to court and the judge is saying, you know, don't do this. And then soon as they let them out, soon as they walk out the um, 36th district or whatever court building, they start doing it. You know. And, you know, right right in right in front of the building, you know, and this is how it was, you know, so you can imagine how upset that would have made, would have made them. And, and so, you know, we see it come to a head. So it says it came past that the master heard the words of his wife, that his wrath was kindled and he took, uh, he took Joseph. And he put him in a prison. Now, this is simply a picture of the increased body of Yahshua being imprisoned by their master. Yeah. You know, and we see that in Acts 8 3. It says, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hailing men and women committed them to prison. Mm -hmm. Now, this is that increase of the church. This is Joseph. And he's being committed to prison. Let me have my next reader read Genesis 39, 21 through 23, please. But Yahuwah was with Joseph and shewed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all of the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because Yahuwah was with him, and that which he did, Yahuwah made it to prosper. Okay, so in other words, Yahuwah will be with his body, you know, and everything will go well for Yosef, for the increase of the body of Messiah for, for a while. Um, and so that's what we actually see, you know, in relation to 
the body of Yahshua. You know, essentially, you know, everything goes pretty well. They're constantly growing. Yeah, you know, they have some some ripples. You know, um, but they're still growing and they're still healthy. They, they're not being quenched. They're not being stumped out. You know, so Acts nine twenty one. Uh, speaks to this. It says, but all that heard him were amazed and said, is not this he that destroyed them, which called on the name in Jerusalem, called on this name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest, but saw increased the more in strength and confounded the Yahudim which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Messiah. You know, so here it is. Yah took their number one guy and decided to use him. Hmm. You know, hey, I'm gonna take take the cream of the crop. He's gonna take the very best. You know. Now, Acts 9:31 goes on to say, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Adonai and the comfort of Ruachadesh were multiplied so here it is we see you also doing well um, let me have my um, next reader read Genesis 39 21 through 23 but Yahuwah was with Yosef and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison and the keeper of the prison committed to Yosef's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did there he was the doer of it the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because Yahuwah was with him. And that which he did, Yahuwah made it to prosper. Okay, so the prison <coughs> essentially speaks to the oral law. You know, the, um, the, the, the many things that kept the many commandments of men, the ordinances of men, the handwritings of men that kept Yah's people imprisoned to the priest because they literally were imprisoned to the priest they were bound to them you know and the priest had had control over them you know and so this is just a spiritual picture of that you know but Yahuwah was with Yosef he was with the body of Yahshua you know and even while they were still up under uh the law. He was with them. And that's what this is pointing out. Genesis 41 through 4. Uh, my next reader, please. And it came to pass after these things that the brother of the king of Mizraim and his baker had offered, offended their lord, the king of, of Mizraim. And Pharaoh was word was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers, and against the chief of the bakers. And when he put them in ward in the house of the captains of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound, and the captain of the <coughs> captain, excuse me, of the guard charged Joseph with them with them. And he served them, and they continued a season in war. Okay, so um, if we look at, for the spiritual um, application of this, we see we have we have 
two servants that's close to that's that's very close to Pharaoh. Pharaoh is uh, for all intents and purposes the king of Egypt, right? Uh, well, and it even says that, right? <laughs> um, had offended their Adonai uh, or their Lord, rather the king of Egypt, you know. And so here it is. We have two guys that is in close relation to the king of Egypt, you know. And Egypt is, spiritually speaking, is Jerusalem. And who is the king of Judah? Yahushua, absolutely. So, can you see that this is a picture of the king Yahushua having two of his his um, close servants in the prison? And the prison represents Torah, the oral, the oral law. Hmm. Can you see that? Hmm. You know, and here it is. It says Pharaoh was wroth with two of his officers, you know, and against the chief of the bakers and the chief of the butlers, or the chief of the butlers and the chief of the bakers, you know. And it said they were put in the place where Joseph was bound, which is they were bound by the, the law, you know, the, um, the oral laws that, that was against them. And it says the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served him, okay? So, now, if we were to apply this to the body of Yahshua, who might these, these the chief butler and the chief baker be? Paul is a good, that's a good, um, good, a good answer. Peter... Peter is actually one of them. Simon Peter, same person. Uh, John, that would be a good one too. Close. He's not the other one. Who? who? He's dead. Um, <laughs> at this point, he, he, he's a real gone guy. You know. <laughs> Who was who was Yahshua's top three? Uh, okay, which one didn't you name? James, exactly. So it's actually Peter and James. You know, so uh here it is. When we go to um Genesis 40, 20 through 22, it said came it came to pass the third day when Pharaoh's uh which was Pharaoh's birthday. Now Pharaoh means the great house. So it's the great house's birthday. Hmm. All right, you know, um, or you can look at it as, you know, Yahushua's birthday, but we're not going there. Um, and it says, and he made a feast <laughs> unto all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants and restored the chief butler unto his butlership again and gave the cup, um, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker. <coughs> As Joseph had interpreted to them. So essentially one of them died. Right? You know, we got two of the chief servants and one of them died. And this is exactly what we find with the body of Yahshua found in Acts 12. Acts 12, 1 through 5. Now that time, 
Herod the king, now take notice, is the king of Judah. You know, even as Pharaoh was the king of Egypt, which was spiritual, um, Jerusalem, which is Judah. Now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain other church, he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, it pleased the Yahoo, and they was actually pleased somebody died. He proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. Now it tells us when it was. You know, now if you think about the great house's birthday, you know, unleavened bread. And Passover, you know, the spring feast would be a good a good birthday for it. Because that's when it all started. You know, it's all a commemoration of when God brought them out of Mitzrayim, right? Mm -hmm. Which was during the time of Passover and unleavened bread. You know? Right. So it aligns pretty good, at least in my opinion, with the Great House's birthday. Because that's the whole reason the great house was built was so that you can keep those feasts. And the first of them, ah, right, the first of them is Passover and unleavened bread. You know, so here it is. He killed James, and he takes Peter, and he puts Peter in prison. It says in verse four, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions, uh, quarter quaternions of, of soldiers. Uh, I don't know how many that is, but it must be a lot, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's probably four sets of them or something to keep to keep them, you know, intended after Easter, which is actually this is the only place that Easter actually occurs in, in the KJV, and it's actually Pesach, you know, it's actually Passover, so I think it occurs like uh, twenty something times, but just one time. This one time they translated it as Easter. Uh, you think that was by happenstance? You think that was a mistake? Uh, this is an actual word is Pesach. It is Passover. You know, so intended after Passover to bring him forth to the people. Now it says Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church of Elohim for him. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. You know, if one would put a thousand to flight, two would put ten thousand to flight. How many would the whole church put to flight? You know. You know, but here it is, you can see this parallel as to what's happening in the story of Yosef. You know, Acts twelve, six through nine continues on. It says and when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Adonai came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise, up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Yeah. Now I want you to think about the story of Yosef and the account with the chief butler and the chief baker and how 
it was um, the chief butler had a dream, you know, and the interpretation of that dream was that he would be restored. You know, here it is, Peter being restored, and he thinking it's a dream. Mm. You know, so I pray you can see the connection. You know, um, Genesis 41, 29 through 31, Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land. You know, now Pharaoh done had his dream, and, you know, Joseph is giving the interpretation of it, and he's saying, you know, seven years of plenty. So this is like the body of Yahshua giving a, giving a um, interpretation or a prophecy concerning a great famine in the land. Seven years of great plenty throughout all the land, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Mitzrayim, and the famine shall consume the land, and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the famine following. Mm. For it shall be very grievous. Mm. You know, and so, you know, if this all we had to go on, we could expect that during the time of the body of Yahshua, that there would be a time when they would grow very great. And we're actually reading about that when the body of Yahshua multiplied, increased, and grew very great. But then there would be a time of famine. You know, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Mitzrayim or in the land of Jerusalem. And the famine shall consume the land. Well, was there a famine during the time of the body of Yahshua? And lo and behold, there was. Um, but I guess we're not getting there yet. <laughs> Let me have my next reader read Genesis 41, 37 through 41, and then drop down to verses 56 and 57. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Ruach of Elohim is? And Pharaoh said unto Yosef, For as much as Elohim hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Yosef, See, I have set thee over all the land of Mitzrayim. Genesis 41, 56 and 57. And the famine was over all the face of the earth, and Yosef opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians, and the famine waxed sore in the land of Mitzrayim. And all countries came into Mitzrayim to Yosef for to buy corn, because that the famine was sore in all the lands. Hallelujah. Now take note, verse 38. You know, like, first of all, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, right? You know, we know that that represents Yahshua, right? You know, he says unto his servants, you know, let's find a man in whom the Ruach of Elohim is. You know, um, you know, so they, they, want a, they want a man, you know, in which the Ruach of Elohim is, you know, so you know we're talking about the uh, the body of Yahshua. We know we're talking about his ecclesia, right? You know, uh, and he says, I have set thee over all the land, for the famine was over the face of the earth. Uh, the famine became 
became just as the dream said, and it was over the face of the earth. And all the countries came into Mitzrayim to Yosef for the buy corn. Mm. You know, and because the famine was sore in all lands. You know, now seeing that the increase of the body of Yahshua would mainly come through the work of Paul, he becomes our representation for Yosef, of Yosef, who will go on to save the world from drought and hunger, even as Yosef did. You know, Apostle Paul, a man in whom the Ruach HaKadosh was, and, and would, he would also go on to save the world through the gospel um, of the kingdom of Elohim and the testimony of Yahushua HaMashiach. You know, so he would go around giving that living bread. Amen? You know, giving that living bread and giving giving that that um, his blood, you know, for wine. And so, we're going to take a look at him doing just that. You know, in Acts 11, 27 and 28, it says, that In these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Ruach that there should be a great dearth throughout all the world which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. So there was a famine that was prophesied and did come to pass during the time of the body of Yahshua in that day. Now, during this time of famine, the body of Yahushua, through Apostle Paul, will go on to rise to power and spread the gospel of Yahushua um, to the Gentiles throughout the known world at that time. And, you know, so this is the equivalent of every, all the world, the known world, coming to Mitzrayim and getting, getting bread. You know, now... Acts 13, 1 through 3. Now there were in the um, church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaim which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul and they ministered to the Adonai and fasted. Ruach HaKodesh said, Separate me Barnabas and saw for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. Now remember, they're looking for someone that has the Ruach HaKodesh in them, right? Mm -hmm. The king is looking for someone that has the Ruach HaKodesh of Elohim in him, you know, and that's the one he's going to choose, mm. you know, to to head up, um, you know, this, uh, this famine, you know, to take care of people. And... I'm here to tell you that that was Apostle Paul, you know, and something that um, uh, I just want to point out that that would probably go missed by, you know, 99% of the people is a lot of times in the Brick College Shop when you, when, in, or the New Testament writings, you see the Holy Spirit. You see the text say the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in the actual text, it doesn't always say the Holy Spirit. Most times, in fact, it just says Holy Spirit, not the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a difference between Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit. You know, there are many Holy Spirits, but there's only one the Holy Spirit. Okay. If you follow. 
But here is Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. You know, said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Mm. Yeah. You know, and so that's a important nuance to point out. You know, and 99% of the time when, when you see me put it up, up there, you know, put the passage up, I correctly put it up. I, I, if it's Ruach HaKodesh, it will say Ruach HaKodesh. If it's just Ruach Kadesh, it will just simply say Ruach Kadesh. Mm. You know, I don't supply the um, definite article if it's not in the text. You know, so this is why you see it in the text because it's actually there. Mm. Acts 13, 4 through 6 goes on to say, So they being sent forth by Ruach HaKodesh, and it's again right here, departed into Seleucia and from thence they sailed to Cyprus and when they were at Salamis they preached the word of Elohim in the synagogues of the Yahudim and they had also Yochanan to their minister and when they had gone through the isles unto Paphos they found a certain sorcerer a false prophet a Yahudim whose name was Bar-Jesus you know yeah wow now so here it is, we see him going into the world. He goes to Seleucia, he goes to Cyprus. He was at Salamis, he goes to um, the Isle of Paphos, you know. And then we jump down to verses 13 and 14. It says, and now when Paul and his company loose from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia. And Yochanan departing from them returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Poseidon and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. So we see they're making their way through the lands. Um, Acts 14, 1, and it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Yahudim and so spake that a great multitude, both of the Yahudim and also of the Greeks believed. Now they're in Iconium. And jump down to verses 8 through 10, Acts 14, and there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. Mm. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet! And he leaped up and walked. Mm -hmm. I really yeah. you know that was a great miracle. Yeah. He was impotent on his feet from birth. Mm. You know, but here it is, we see Paul and Lystra. You know, um, Acts 14, 19, and 20, and there came thither a certain Yahudim from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and <laughs> came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. He keeping it moving, right? Verses 24 and 25, and after that they had passed through beside and they came to Pamphylia. And when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to uh, Italia. So, again, they're on the move. Acts 16, 6 through 10. Now when they had gone through, um, throughout Phrygia, yet another place in the region of Galatia, yet another place, and were forbidden of Ruach HaKodesh mm. to preach the word in Asia. Mm. Ruach HaKodesh told him, don't go there. Mm. 
after they would come to uh, Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Ruach suffered them not. So, um, and they passing by Mysia came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision immediately, we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Adonai had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Can you see that he's being led by the Ruach Kapodesh? Yeah. Acts 27, 21 through 24. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of Elohim, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not. Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. Mm. And lo, Elohim have given thee all them that sail with thee. You know, and so again we see Yah is with Paul. Acts 28, 15, and 16. And from thence, when the brethren heard of this, they came to meet us as far as Apiforum and the three taverns whom Paul saw, he thanked Elohim and took courage. And when we came to Rome. The centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard. But Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him. See, he's getting favor. Favor from on high. Favor amongst men. Acts 28, 30 and 31. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house. And received all that came in unto him. Preaching the kingdom of Elohim. And teaching those things which concern the Adonai, Yahushua, Mashiach. With all confidence. No man forbidding him. So I pray that you can see that he went into all the known world. He shared the gospel. He taught the kingdom. He taught the testimony of Yahshua. And he helped bring salvation to the world at large. Mm -hmm. Even as Yosef did. That's all I have for you today. Praise yeah. you. All right. You have any questions? Since I have a question. <laughs>